Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today. And if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. Um, but tonight I want to I want to jump off and talk a little bit about how we can stay dead to sin. Last week you talked a lot. Again, go get the podcast. But this week I want to talk about how we can stay dead to sin. So we'll, without further ado, we're going to pray and we're going to get it in. So yes, come, Heavenly Father. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. I pray you have your way today. In every way, Lord. We want to make room for you. We are a ministry and not just Holy Spirit visitation, but Holy Spirit habitation. We want to focus our sights, our senses to you, Lord. We want to make room for you to move however you want to move. May the truths that are going to be released tonight, because they're going to be a lot of weighty truth, but when the, when the truth is released, I pray that we receive that with, with, with grace. Let it bear fruit that remain, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'm going to just review just a little bit of what we talked about yet last week. Uh, we went to Romans 6.11. We went to Romans 6.11, and... I'm going to just read it real quick. Uh, it's not going to be on the slides, but check it out on your phones. Pull out your Bible apps, or if you've got a paper Bible, get your paper Bible out, and let's follow along with me, okay? Romans 6, 11, same place, same timeless truth, same things. I love it. It says this, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. What's he talking about? What we talked about last week, he said a whole lot before that. He's saying that if you are united with Christ, united in a death like his, and united in life like his, that's what baptism symbolizes, by the way. So in case you want to get baptized, you're going to be dunked, okay? And you're going to be going down in a watery grave, okay? And so you're united in a death like his, watery grave, and united in a life like his, coming up, resurrected from the grave. Then if you are in him, then you are, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Which means that you are not a sinner anymore or shouldn't identify as a sinner anymore. I know it's, it's crazy. I know it's hard to, 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 to imagine, but think about it. If you resonate and identify more with being a sinner, then you're basically saying the blood shed on the cross wasn't enough. That it wasn't enough to cover all your sin, just some of your sin. So we've got to start being more sun conscious rather than sin conscious. And when we can be sun conscious, then we can see a decreasing pattern of sin in our life. But I'm going to talk about how to do that. We're going to talk about how to do that. So there's the truth right there. Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. 
dead to sin and alive to God. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. Do we have screens up? Nope, nope, not yet. Okay, so you can turn there with me if you want to. Or write that down. Check it out. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. It says this, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. Y'all, we were dead in our trespasses. You know what that means? That means that you were dead. You couldn't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You were dead. That means that you could not come to life on your own. And when you're dead in sin, dead in trespasses, that means that you can't help but to sin. You can't help but to think like sin, walk in sin, because you're bound by sin. So you are dead in your trespasses. Everyone was dead in their trespasses. It says in Romans that there's nobody who hasn't sinned. We all sin, fall short of the glory of God, and are justified, though. Here's the good news. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but are justified by his grace as a gift. Because it says in Ephesians, it keeps it going. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Bam! Take that to the bank. Thank you. Bam! I mean, I mean, listen, we were dead to sin in, in our sins, but we are made alive in Christ. Jesus, he came down and rescued us. He said he, he, he pulled us up from our sin. He pulled us up from the darkness. He pulled us up. He was the one who saved us. He was the one. While we were sinners, he saved us. We were dead. We couldn't have saved ourselves. We needed a supernatural hero that can take the dead things and blow life in them. We needed a supernatural hero to come save the day and say, hey, I got you. You're mine. You may be a sinner, but I'm cleaning you. You may have been a sinner, but I have made you clean. I've made you sinless. I made you blemishless. Come on. Jesus didn't have to do what he did. God the Father didn't have to send his son like he did. Holy Spirit doesn't have to empower us to do diddly squat, but they do it because why? The grace of God. It's a grace. And, and, and that's the only, it's, we are saved by faith through grace. Someone say grace. Grace. Grace is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. That's what took us from ashy to classy. For real, took your boy from ashy to classy because of grace. You know, love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours now forever. You know what I mean? Like, I can, I'll sing to the hilltops until the, until the cows come home. Then I'm free. Then I am free. So it's by the grace that we are saved. And check it out. Not only are we saved, but we are seated in heavenly places. Someone say seated. Seated. I'm seated in heavenly places. That means I got a position. That means I don't have to run and, and jockey and search and, and, and try, to, try to position myself for significance. 
already have it. I already have significance because I'm royalty, right? And so, so I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it going. Um, but we, man need to understand that we were all dead to our sin but being dead to uh, dead in our sin but being dead to sin and alive to God means a few different things that I need to unpack for you so you understand okay one being dead to sin gives us the power to say no to sin some of us don't understand that power some of us need to flex on them a little bit with that power and the others are probably a little like, you know, we don't know how to say no to sin because we've been dead in sin for so long. We've been bondage to sin for so long. We don't know how to say no to sin. And I'm going to teach, I'm going to talk a little bit about how we can say no to sin. The other piece about this is that being dead to sin and alive to God gives us the ability, the empowerment for us to say no to sin, but... That doesn't mean that we are not tempted by sin. That doesn't mean that we're not tempted by sin. Let me, let me talk a little bit about that. I'm going to go to Genesis 3. Follow me on the slide. But Genesis 3, 1 through 6, uh, has a story that we've got to unpack and truly understand because it has identity fragments in there. It has identity remnants for us to, to take the to heart today. Okay, so here we, here we go. Verse 1, it says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the, of the, field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say... You shall not eat from any tree in the garden, just like a snake. Always trying to pervert and twist the truth. You know what I mean? Oh, just like that snake, man. Did God really say that you're righteous? Did God really say that you're holy? Did God really say you're a son? You're a daughter. I'm walking to the store. Did God really say that? Did God really say, or does God really want you to talk to that person right there who's struggling? You know what I mean? Like he's always trying to twist the truth. He's at the same old thing. This is back in the day day. This is old school. This is antiquity right here. He's doing the same thing to them, and he's doing the same thing to y'all today. He's doing the same thing to us today. He's always about, did God really say this? Did God really call you out to do that? Did God really call you to lead? Who you think you are being a leader? Who you think you are being a teacher? Who do you think you are going to church after you did that thing yesterday? Come on, man. He's still at that. Come on. I'm going after it. I don't care. I'm going after it. And then and, and the woman said to the serpent, and the woman said to the serpent, first mistake right there. Straight up. First mistake right there. I got a talking snake coming out the woodwork. What am I doing talking to a talking snake? I'll be like, peace, I'm out. 
you got you 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 are talking, bro. Like I'm not dealing with that. No. First thing, she's talking to a snake. Second thing, she's talking to the snake. Okay, let me tell you something. As soon as you start conversating with the enemy, it's going sour. As soon as you start talking to the enemy, you're opening yourself up to temptation. You're opening yourself up to lies. You're opening yourself up to all kinds of confusion, to all kinds of ruin. Stop talking to the enemy. Some of y'all talk to the enemy more than God. I'm just being real. Because we talk to the enemy, we start believing the lies. I've seen so many people come to me, but Clay, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could do that. You know what? Stop talking to the enemy then. Talk to God. So as soon as that snake came out the woodwork, start talking to me, I'm like, Papa, there's a snake out there in in the garden talking to your boy. What do you say? Okay. Oh, all right. All right. I'm good. That's what I probably should have. That's what she should have done. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. And the woman said to the serpent, first mistake, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. That's what God said. This is what Papa God said. Now the enemy comes in. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God. First of all, remember Genesis 2, how he created the creation and how he made people to be formed in his image, we were already like God. Well, what do you mean you will be like God when we're already like God? Well, saying that you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was also to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he said, get that out of here. That's what I would have said. That's a snake. And you're giving me an apple from the snake and you want me to eat it? Get out of here. I wish that happened like that. Adam should have just stood strong, but instead, what did he do? Took the fruit and ate. The minute he did that was the minute sin entered humanity. How did sin enter humanity? It started by a conversation with the devil. Now, here's the point I want to make, okay? The point I want to make is that this. Adam and Eve did not have a sin nature. 
Adam and Eve did not, Adam and Eve were pure. They were sinless. They were dead to sin. Why? Because they were alive to God. Sin was not in the picture. Sin did not enter the game. But guess what? Despite all that, it was while they were pure, it was while they were without sin, that sin looked delightful to their eyes. So, it is possible for you to be dead to sin and have sin still look tempting to you. That's why we want to think like sin or commit sin or think Sin is desirable for a certain purpose. But each and every time we have a conversation with the enemy, we're opening ourselves up to the temptation of sin. I'm telling you, stop talking to the enemy. Stop talking to the enemy. When the enemy comes with the lies, when the enemy comes with the when the enemy comes with the did God say this or I don't think you could do this or I don't think you could do that, stop, stop talking to him. No, no, I'm tired of people taking James 4.7 out of context because they take half of James 4.7 and think it's truth. They say, resist the enemy, so I'm going to rebuke the enemy. I'm talking to the enemy. I'm talking to you. Stop it. Stop talking to them. Because he is, he, is, he is luring you in a trap. James 4, 7 truly reads, submit to God, resist the enemy, and then he will flee. But a lot of people think it's just resisting in our own strength, and then he will flee. No, submit to God. God, who do you say I am? Resist the enemy, then he will flee. Why? Because the enemy cannot be in light. The enemy cannot be with the, with Papa God in light, in love. The enemy cannot be there. Or if he is there, he can't be there for long. So if I'm communion and if I'm fellowshipping, if I'm in union with the Father and I'm chilling and I'm staying, I'm abiding with him, the enemy has no choice but to flee. Stop having conversations with the enemy. So, so, so when the lie comes and the enemy lurks, go to the Word. When the, when the lie comes and the enemy lurks around, then go to God. Submit to God. Go to home base where you're safe. Get filled up with the truth that sets you free, that keeps you free. And then the enemy will flee because he cannot be around love. He cannot be around light. He cannot be around truth. He cannot be around the Lord that will take him out. He cannot be around all that, y'all. Are y'all hearing me? Y'all too near me not to hear me. Okay, so how do I, how do I stay dead to sin? Because, you know, that, I, I understand now how I can think like sin, how I still want to sin, because it's possible, Clay, to be tempted by sin. Even though I'm dead to it, I can be tempted by it. How do I stay dead to sin then? That's good. Romans 12, 2. Let's go. Romans 12, 2. Let's read it. It says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Here's the deal. The way we can stay dead to sin is by the renewing of our mind. Okay, Clay, why just the mind? Why not the heart? Because your heart's already pure. 
Okay, let's go there real quick. In Ezekiel 36, 26, old school. I'm going to give you a little bit of old school and new school. Okay, old school, Ezekiel, man, the major prophet, the bomb. You got to read that. It's, it's crazy. Okay, so but Ezekiel 36, 26, he says this. It says this, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. What are we talking about? God is talking to Ezekiel, prophesying the coming days when Jesus comes on the scene. And when Jesus comes on the scene and we die in him and live in him, he is giving us a new heart. That's the prophecy. That's what it's about. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Matthew 5.8. Now, I gave you a little bit of the old school. Now, I'm going to remix it. I'm going to remix it now, and we're going to go to new school now. Y'all ready? Matthew 5.8. The Beatitudes on them. Jesus Christ is on the scene, fresh and so clean. Bow. You know what I mean? That dude was flexing on him everywhere he went. You know? That dude had, like, eternal swag on him. Nobody can touch him. And this dude was just bumping up the game, up in the ante. And the, and the thing, he said this in 5.8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So not only do we have a new heart, we have a pure heart that can see God. So when we're reading Scripture... When we're in this, when we're in the Word, reading Scripture, and we're perusing Scripture, then our heart is perusing with us. Why? Because the heart is seeing the truth that sets us free. And like, bam, that's it for us. That's that for us. That's why we pray, open the eyes of our hearts. For we want to see God even clearer and clearer and clearer. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. It is possible for us to have a pure heart. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus came, took us from our sin, cleaned us up, gave us a new heart, and now we're dead to sin. And now we renew our mind because our heart's pure. We need to get in the habit of being led from our heart and renew our mind in the process. Okay, so when we renew our mind, we're renewing our mind to the truth our heart already knows now. But we've got to be, it's got to be revealed. And so therefore, we've got to continue to keep going back to truth. I'll give you an example. You ever had a thought that came out of nowhere that was just straight crazy? It wasn't you? It's like, wow, what? I, that's evil. That's crazy. I would never do that. Like, what in the world is that? I, I get that a lot. Guess what? Not all of your thoughts may be your thoughts. These thoughts that come that just surprise you, like, whoa, what's that about? Could be from the enemy, making you think they're your thoughts. Example, I, 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 I purchased a home um, in May, and uh, yeah, we, we got this home, and man, we're still getting uh, mail for the old tenant today still. And just the other day, we just got a bill for the person that used to live at our, own ho- at our new home, and we just got a bill. And it's like, man, what in the world's going on? 
Now, now it, it would be crazy if, if what I did was I took that bill and I opened the bill and I actually paid the bill as if it was mine. That, now, that would be crazy. Well, first of all, that's against the law. And second of all, that's just dumb. That's just, that's just dumb. You know, the, what should I do? I should return to sender. I return the mail to sender, right? But if the same thing is happening, the same thing is happening in the spiritual though, okay? So the new you is getting bombarded with all this old junk mail, with all this old bill, all these old bills that are supposed to go to the old you but really are coming to the new you. Okay, so it's coming to the new you, and a lot of you are, instead of returning it to sender, you are accepting it as your own. And so, therefore, we think that we are trapped in, in bondage to sin when really we're being beguiled by the father of lies. Some of us need to start returning that stuff to sender. And how do we return to sender? Because that, there's a lot of old junk mail. There's a lot of old bills that have your name on it or have someone else's name, the old tenant's name, the old you. Some of us want to go back to the grave and start grave digging and, and like pick up our old dead us and start living life like we're an old us. When really we should put that and keep it in the grave and everything that belongs to the old man to the grave. Send it back to sender. We have the power to say no to sin and return it back to sender. That's what it means to renew our mind. Instead of returning it to sender, we're opening it and accepting it as our own, though, sometimes. But no, Jesus said, you know what? Since you're alive in me, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. Behold, the new is here. The old has passed away. The new is here. And if I am operating in the new, then I don't have to do anything that the old man was about. I don't have to be about any life the old man was about. I don't have to, re I don't have to receive any of the mail the old man would have received. I'm new. I have the power to say no. So let me talk about three ways in which we can practically renew our minds. Three ways we can, we can practically renew our minds is, one, we need to get in the Word. We need to get in the Word, young people. There, we, we have, again, more we got to have more conversations with God than the enemy. And how do we do that? By getting in the Word of God. We've got to stop talking to the enemy, entertaining his lies, entertaining his half lies, entertaining his, 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 his um, um, disguised lies, because he disguises himself in truth, doesn't he? He, he? he can disguise himself as an angel of light. Some of y'all think he's, some of y'all think he's an angel and he's really the devil. You know, but, but here's the deal. We've got to get in the word to know what the word says. See, some of us get pummeled by the enemy because we can't recall word of the person we're trying to act like because we don't know the word. And I'm not trying to say that to be mean. I'm just being real. Like, how much do we know the word? Are we in the word and the word in us? If the word is in us, 
man, we can, we can go after it. We could shine light brighter than ever before. But if we don't know the word, then it's going to be hard to renew our mind to truth because we won't know what to renew to. So we've got to be in the word. We've got to be in the truth that sets us free. And we're looking and we're looking and we're looking. Some of us need to be in the truth so we can claim the promises of God on our life. What do you mean claim the promises of God, Clay? Well, if I was in Deuteronomy and I was reading in Deuteronomy 30 and I, was, and I saw, oh, whoa, wait a minute. He, you will never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. Snap. My heart sees that and wants to seize it and, 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 and take it as my own because it hits me in my heart. It hits me in, in, in a crazy way. And so I want to I take that as a promise for my life today. Because if he promised the Israelites that he will never leave them nor forsake them, and if his promises are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he can promise that to the Israelites, he can promise that to me. And I'm going to accept that. You know what? He will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to claim that promise. I'm going to jot it down. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to go ahead and put it on a post-it note. And I'm going to keep on finding more promises that I can claim for my life. We got to get in the word. Get in the word. This is the number one way that we can renew our mind and have more conversations with God is by getting in the word, listening to his truth, claim the promises over our lives and get in the word. I'm telling you, it's going to be so liberating. That's why we pray. Open the eyes of my heart. I started praying that prayer before I would read scripture. I would pray, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see you in your word. Where are you at? I want to see you clear. And you know what? There's, every time I read the same passage over and over and over again, I get a new thing out of it each and every time. Because the word is alive and active. You know? So get in the word. The second thing that... I wanted to uh, talk about in terms of how we can renew our mind is to confess truth, to confess truth. Now, I'm not talking about confessing your sins to one another, even though that's biblical. There's a, there's a place and a time uh, and, 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 and space for you to confess your sins one to another. That's, that's, that's completely great. That's good. But there's also confession of truth over our lives. And I want to talk about that, talking about getting out of the bed, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, hey, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. Jesus, you are in there, and you know, we're going to we're gonna have a great time together, baby. Let's go. You know, Jesus, you, you made me wonderfully, fearfully made. Everything about me makes you smile. Let's go. And they just keep talking you know, confession, confessing the truth over your life. And that's what I want to do right now. I want to I confess truth. And, and you've probably never done that, and that's okay. Tonight, I want to do that with everyone here, okay? So here's what we're going to do. I want you to repeat after me. And I want you to stand up. Let's stand up. Repeat after me and... We're going, you're going to, we're going to confess this truth over your lives, okay? Now, here's the deal. I want you to speak this with your heart. Speak it with your heart. Here we go. You ready? I am a child of the king. 
I am pure and blameless, gifted with the mind of Christ, and qualified to be co-heir with Christ. I am God's masterpiece, his most prized possession. I am the apple of God's eye, who's called as a kingdom ambassador. I am the righteousness of God, more than a conqueror, dead to the power of sin, and alive to the glory of God. And by the grace of God, and by the grace of God, I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. Amen. Good job, guys. You guys can sit down if you want. So, confession. Confession is real. I, I know that um, a few, uh, whenever we confess the truth of who we are, we remind ourselves the truth. We remind ourselves a timeless truth. So, confession is uh, important. It's imperative to renewing your mind. So, three way, or so the two ways we just talked about renewing our minds is one, getting ourselves in the Word of God. Two, confessing truth over ourselves. Three, receiving prophetic words. Prophetic words is another way that can, God can help you to renew your mind. Why? Because it's someone else speaking the Father's love over your life. Now, there's not all prophetic words are 100% spot on and accurate. I get that. And some of us need to just reject some of those words that come at us. You know, like weigh it. But if it hits you in the heart, you accept it. Write it down. Document it. Make sure that you can catalog it. I got prophetic words. Hope if you want to come up here, you can start playing. I got prophetic words like this thick at my house. Notepads. Of prophetic words. Why? Because I keep them. I want to write them down. Or I got audio clips of them. I want to catalog them. Why? Because I want to continue to keep going back to them. Because there are days where when I'm in the Word, it's all good. When I'm renewing my mind via confession, it's all good. And also prophetic words that help me to wage good warfare. Because I need to, I need to be reminded. I'm human too. I need to be reminded who I am. Sometimes. I need to be reminded of that word that I got last year or five years ago sometimes. I need to be reminded of the promises that God has spoke over my life that kept me in the straight and narrow path sometimes. And so those prophetic words are amazing. So prophecy is good. And I have my sister Tamara Rao here today. Tamara, stand up real quick. I got my sister Tamara Rao here. I want you to see her if you want a prophetic word for yourself today for ministry. Because she's going to release some, some prophecy over your life. She's one of the prophets of the house uh, that I trust. And I would love for her to pray over you. I, she may not be able to get to everybody, but she can get to some of you guys. So if, during ministry time today, you can go see her if you got the opportunity and make it happen. <laughs> now everybody's going to be hitting you up to him. <laughs> it's going to be like, whoa, let's go. So three ways to renew your mind that will empower us to live dead to sin and to stay dead to sin, y'all. 
Three ways to renew our minds. I'm giving this to y'all. I'm giving this. This is so good. First way is getting in the Word of God. Oftentimes when I be talking to people, they're like, Clay, I'm just having a hard time. Clay, I'm struggling. Clay, I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling with that sin. I'm struggling. I'm like, when's the last time you opened the Word of God? And they start scratching their head like, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Don't come to man to fix your problems. Go to God. Because man will fail you each and every time. It's, it's, it's good to go to man sometimes. It's good. I get that. It's good to have community sometimes. But listen, this right here is irreplaceable. Because this is our stairway to heaven. This is how we can commune with God. Because this is not a, a, an idol in and of itself. It is only a means to an end. And that means is relationship with him. We must facilitate a relationship with him by reading the word and getting in the word of God. I cannot stress that enough. There's so many codependent Christians in the world today where everybody wants to depend on everyone else's manna. We want to depend on everyone else's fresh rev. We on YouTube. Oh, what's the latest thing Chris Fallison got to say? Oh, what's the latest thing that, 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 that Stephen Furtick got to say? What's the latest thing that all these other preachers got to say? And then you know what? You need to find your own rev and your own way to get in him. Find it in here. It's in here. I'm telling you, every one of you have been built and made to do things that are crazy impossible with God, but none of y'all are, or probably everybody here, including myself, are barely scratching surface right now because, listen, there is so much available. and We're barely scratching surface on what could be the case with him. Our faith will get stretched when you get in the Word of God. That's why it says in Romans 1.16, 117. I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God who saves unto salvation for all who believe, the Jew first, then the Greek. For we are saved from faith for faith, for the righteous will walk by faith. You know what that means? That faith is a dynamic, that faith can be stretched. Our faith is designed to grow. From faith for faith, the righteous will live, live by faith. And the only way we're going to ever press in in the way that we need to press in is by facilitating a relationship with him through the word of God. Secondly, we renew our mind by confessing truth over our lives. I was praying for a lady who had neck pain, back pain. She was all messed up. Pain wouldn't go, praying. Pain wouldn't go, praying. Pain wouldn't go. It wouldn't go nowhere. And then I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. What happened when this pain came in your life? What was going on? She told me, and I got a word of knowledge, and, and I felt the Lord said, hey, have her declare truth over her lives, her, over her life. She started to say things like, I'm the righteousness of God. Things like, I'm a daughter of God. Things like, I'm the apple of God's eye. And guess what? The pain left. Truth is powerful. 
And when we understand the weight of truth, when we understand how to wield truth in its, in its for real, then we will be dangerous to the enemy. See, the enemy does not want us to understand the truth of God that will set us free. Because the enemy wants you bound by lies. But check it out. Out of all the fears, out of all the things that try to eat your lunch, out of all the things that try to scare you, neutralize you, out of all those, you know, those, those, those crazy mind games that the enemy plays on you, at the root of all of that is a lie. question is, what's the lie that's holding you back? What's the lie that has been holding you back? Confess truth over your life and see a renewing of your mind. So that Roman, that, that 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, it reads this, the weapons, it's not on the screen, check it out, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine power. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Okay, what's it saying, Clay? There's a whole bunch of theological jargon and all that. And I get it, I get it, I get it. Check it out. It's saying this, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to live in freedom. We are empowered to live in freedom when it comes to our thought life. When it comes to our thought life, we're empowered. Y'all have heard it said already that we're empowered to live in freedom when it comes to our spiritual life, our, our social life, our financial life, our, our, you know, whatever, emotional life. But check it out. You guys have the power to live in freedom in your thought life as well, too. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. You have the mind of Christ. That means that you can conquer every thought that comes in your mind. If you are a friend, you're talking to these thoughts, right? All these thoughts bombarding. And if you're a friend, you can come in. But if you're foe, you must go. Return to sender. Return to sender. No, no, no. Return to sender. I'm not going to allow that junk in my headspace. Why? Because I have the power to say no to sin because I'm alive to God. I have the power to renew my mind and live alive to God. I have the power to control my thought life because I've been empowered by Holy Spirit. And that's how we live. Dead to sin and stay dead to sin, y'all. That's how we live, dead to sin and stay dead to sin by renewing of our mind. Our heart has been pure. We don't have to wrestle with sin inside. There's no sin inside that we have to wrestle with. There ain't no like, you know, demon barking dog inside of us that we got to try to hush up. No, no, no. It's all about trying to keep the sin from coming back in to have a foothold in our mind. And if we're sleeping, if we're not in the Word, we're not confessing truth, we're not receiving these prophetic words and taking them for real, then we're going to start growing cobwebs and start getting sluggish. And then eventually, I'm fighting depression. I'm fighting and battling anxiety. I'm, I'm battling worth. Next thing you know, I got suicidal thoughts. Because the enemy, all he wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy you. He is not your friend. 
Stop talking to the enemy. He is not your friend. Continue to submit to God each and every time. James 4, 7, write it down. Tat it. I don't care what you got to do, but remember it. James 4, 7, submit to God. Resist the enemy and he will flee. Take that to the bank because that's money. That's a timeless truth that will never spoil, never fade. Everybody stand up. So one, get into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God so the Word of God can get in you. Keep getting into the Word of God so the Word of God can get into you. Get into the Word of God. You have pure hearts. If you have a pure heart, then you will see God. Keep looking for God. God said, if, I, if you take steps towards me, I'm taking ten towards you. Seek for me and you will find me. Seek me with all of your heart and you will find me. Get into the Word so I can get the Word up in you. And then confess truth. Confess truth. Confess the truth that set you free and keeps you free. Confess the truth that keeps you free. Then the prophetic ministry is amazing. If you ever got a chance to get a prophetic word, get a prophetic word. It's awesome. But you don't need it to understand that you have a loving God. You have this. You have the truth. So everybody put their hands out. Come on right now, release. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to release this Holy Spirit just to come and just empower you to renew your minds on a whole new level. So come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. May they renew their minds. And I believe that there's been revelation and, and, and a fresh manna and a fresh word that was given and deposited tonight. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, water that thing so that it bear fruit that remain so that they will be able to renew their mind in such a way to such a degree that they can live free from sin and alive to God. They can live free from sin be dead to sin and stay dead to sin. Stay dead to sin by the renewing of their mind. Come. Holy Spirit, you, you are amazing. I pray that you continually stir up in us and through us. I pray, Lord God, that you have your way when it comes to helping us to renew our mind. So come, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of these young people. And I pray for people who are listening right now on, pod, on the podcast. I pray that there be a release of even more freedom, a release of your grace for them to renew their mind, to get in your word, to renew their mind to your word, to renew their mind by confessing truth, to renew their minds by the truth that comes to them through prophetic words, prophetic encouragement, whatever, Lord God, in Jesus' name.
I pray that Romans 12, 2 be a reality on all the hearts and minds here tonight and even people listening near, far, wherever they are. In Jesus' name, we pray for Jesus' sake. And the people said amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your night. And we'll see you next Sunday, right? Sunday. See y'all Sunday. And then see you guys Tuesday. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.